FMX Network Production. You cast me, complete me till death do all part. What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. This is Dark Side from the Moto X Pod Show. This is the number one wrap-up show in the moto industry, where each week, myself and a couple guests wrap up and discuss the good, the bad, and the janky in that week's Pulp MX Show. But before we get started, I want to thank all the sponsors who've come on board. Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and Motosport.com. I appreciate all the help and support from those great companies, so please use them and support them. Also, feel free to reach out with questions, comments, or critiques by emailing me, darkside at pulpmx.com. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Fresh off amateur national hell. Plumbers and uh, contractors. (laughs) I mean, it looks like he's overcompensating, trying really hard just to keep up with pro tapers. My ass is to the full crowd. Tell me, like, I need to get an ambulance. And um, you know me, I'm thinking, fuck, that's expensive. (laughs) My cock and balls are out, and I can hear them physically taking a shit. Everything okay with uh, the butthole? I think next year will probably be my last year racing. Marty at St. Louis looks like he put some LBs on. I'm sorry, Jet. I mean, Hunter, I'm sorry. Unless it's fried chicken and waffles, like, there's no way for me to eat, you know? So it just doesn't yeah. ever look, like, appetizing for a fan. It's like seeing Jesus. We're not video game players. Like, <laughs> that's funny. That's yeah. funny. Honestly, I just got smoked. Second one, I pulled a fat hole shot. They're just going to keep passing me. <laughs> <laughs> I can hate on that, and I will later. San Diego, you gotta walk. Pits. You gotta walk around homeless people in the ghetto to get to the pits. I'm a race guy. I care about dirt bike racing on a motorcycle track. For the- oh, they don't have the setup. Oh my god, cancel the race. You were in between his legs all weekend. Ping twenty one. Probably be stuck at that number for a while. <laughs> uh, you don't love it enough to even stay to watch it. You don't love enough to even fucking ride. The whining, dining, sixty yep. ninety. Do it all to me, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Paul wants yeah. everything. <laughs> I tried to stay in Adam Scene Cirillo or Zach Osborne's motorhome for two fucking years. Could never do it. Blast music in your house, get a Galaxy Globe, and, and turn your lights off. I like variety. JT's becoming a happier person. That's great. <laughs> I love the meter. You were going to send it for the biscuit. What do a cheap motel and JT's pants have in common? They have no ballroom. Well, yeah, he's the best guy in the world, for sure. He's the best guy. If he comes to our series, he wins. I do not. I got Hurling's ninth to 12th. And you, like, fucking jammed at home. The quick straps were for the dorks. Hey, man, I just love to get a podcast with you. Not going to happen. What's a super hunky? Come back when he's ready to come back. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's great. God damn, that's a long time. Why, you got to be blind to ride the bike? Jesus. (laughs) That seems gnarly. Got a weird little thing story, too. You complain so much, fat boy. Because I always believe in getting like a hard hard six or a hard seven instead of like a tossy turny eight or nine. Okay. So I'd, Heather's what? ready to check you in anytime. Does she cry when she drops you hey. off? Wow. Yeah. Why would she wake up? He gave him 20 bucks. What? Why don't you just flick his dick? I, two is insulting. Tits. Dude, I understand. I work for my money, too. Between 20 and 1,000. I'm sleeping with Pookie. Go for more. Right. Ask for anal. If I had tits like that, I'd be blasting them puppies out. All right, guys. Looks like uh, looks like we're back again for another Pulp Mix wrap-up show. I was pretty sure Steve would be done after last week. You know, they say you should go out on top, but I guess he doesn't agree. 
His, hell, his own mom said that he's stubborn, so I guess we'll keep plugging along. I'm your host, Dark Side, from the Moto X-Pod show. I have a couple co-hosts I'm excited to talk about. So first up, from Texas Tornado MX, brought to you by Guts Racing, it's our boy Van Martin. What's up, Van? What's up, Dark Side? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm excited to talk about Show 501, uh, the follow-up to maybe the best show of all time on Pulp MX. But before that, it's, uh, it's the second time on the wrap-up show. He may or may not be a famous sax player. You know, we can't really confirm or deny. He's brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires. It's it's Kenny G. Kenny Gorsline. What's up, man? How you doing, Dark? Hey, I've been running from that nickname my whole life, so, so we're all good. That's why I'm going to push it now. Kenny G. Dude, come on, man. <laughs> Songbird, that's like every elevator you get in, you hear Kenny G. Yeah, right. Well, that's the the one artist I really don't listen to. But hey, that's all right. <laughs> Van, what do you know about Kenny G? Anything? Nothing. I'm lost. Man, Kenny G's like a famous sax player, dude. He's he's the man. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you've heard Songbird. You just didn't know it. So if yeah, if probably. you've been in an elevator, you've heard Songbird. All right. Yeah, I'm like uh, I'm like what Paul Kiefer was giving Paul some crap about not knowing music, but. Paul was like, I know I can sing along with the songs. I just don't know who's who's singing it. Basically. Right, right. I, that's fair. I mean, that's all right. I mean, it's not everybody can be not everybody can be cool, man. Not everybody's cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This week it is show. Like I said, it's the show after the best show ever. Show five hundred one with Chris Kiefer and Paul Barabinos. Not a bad tandem of co-hosts. Uh, you know, uh, Kiefer is my favorite. I love Paul also. So both those guys in studio. On the phone, we had Hunter Lawrence. I can't do the accent, but God, I love the way those boys talk, man. Hunter. And Dino. Dino also has a great accent. Zacho, the doctor, Doug Dubach, and Brock Tickle all on the phone. Uh, Kenny, man, thoughts? Like, first of all, hard to follow up show 500. But in my opinion, you cannot go wrong with Kiefer. I'm just a Kiefer fan. I love that guy. He's my buddy. But where, how do you feel about 501? I, I liked it. Like, I like Paul. Um, Kiefer is also my favorite co-host. Um, and uh, I think the guests that they had on there were great this week. And, and, yeah, it's tough to follow up what they did with the, with the Ricky and McGrath. I mean, it was a great show. Personally, I think it was the best Pope show ever. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah, great show, and um, but but I, you know, those guys do a great job too, especially when Keepers on there. Keepers never a dull moment with them. I agree, Van. How do you feel about uh, Monday's show? Uh, a, a great guest lineup. I, I, you know, anything that you were disappointed by or anything that stood out? No, I don't think anything I was disappointed by. Um, I thought it was a great show, but definitely, like you've been saying, it's definitely it was tough to uh, to beat show five hundred because that was all time without a doubt yeah and, uh, um but no i was really interested to hear more about dino um man that was that was brutal what he went through and i know i just went through some stuff kind of similar to it but not even on the same spectrum really and uh i've been talking to dino a little bit here and there but man i didn't it that was that was mind-blowing the stuff he was talking about yeah, we're gonna get into him pretty quick, but before we do that, you, you mentioned your injury, man. Like, yeah, that. How are you feeling, man? Um, you know, we we've talked to you since then, but it's been a few weeks since I've actually really talked to you. You were at Atlanta, and I want to get your thoughts on Atlanta a little bit. But just how are you mm-hmm. feeling with recovery? Man, I'm doing really good. Um, basically, if 
if any doctor looks at my x-rays, um, they would think I'm paralyzed. So for me to be walking and getting back to normalcy right now, I'm, I'm like two months ahead of where a normal person would be right now. I'm already walking and back to coaching kids. And if people saw me at Atlanta, you wouldn't even realize anything is wrong with me. So I'm, I'm just really grateful and thankful to be walking and happy to be progressing and i'm doing really really good dude i'm so happy to hear that man you're uh you and i have become friends over the years and of course you never want to see anybody get hurt but when you know when it's somebody that's a friend of yours it really hits home you know and it's like yeah just your your um positivity even like in the beginning right when i first few days after the injury we finally kind of got some text from you like you you were being pretty positive and i think that's a big part of healing yeah absolutely and uh i've always tried to be that way i mean uh, when I first turned pro, everything was all serious, but the older yeah. I've gotten, the more positive I've been, the more positive a person I've been. And, um, man, especially I've had so many injuries and you just have to look at the bright side of things and, um, it could always be worse and you got to keep your head up and keep a positive attitude and it helps you get through it even quicker. Absolutely. I'm going to do a shameless self plug. If you guys go to racer X online and shirt search van's name, Van Martin, uh, there's a privateer profile up there that I did on him a while back. Really good stuff. See everything he's been through, uh, the struggles and the the tribulations of Van's career. It's a really, really good story. Well, his story's good. Maybe the way I wrote it, you may not think is great. I think it's pretty damn good, though. So go check it out if you haven't. <laughs> uh, uh, Van or Kenny, did, I always ask this, and did either one of you happen to re, uh, watch Monday Night on YouTube? No. Kenny? Uh, I uh, I watched some of it. Um, I watched uh, Show Five Hundred most of it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I watched a little bit of it. Um, on Monday night. I go to bed early because I get up super early for work. But um, I watched a very little bit of it. Okay. Uh, the reason I bring it up is we're going to get into the Dean Wilson interview first, and there was a little audio technical difficulties on YouTube. They it wasn't there in the playback. But for some reason, when Dino first came on, all the audio was doubled. Like, you could hear about 10 seconds previous, the audio, in the background while Dean was talking. And I, I know Mark's something happened. Mark's fixed it pretty quick. Uh, I won't blame Mark's, but uh, something happened. I love it. I always love to point out when they have technical difficulties because it feels makes me feel so much better about all the difficulties <laughs> I have with my own show. So, yeah, not everybody's perfect. I love it. But poor Dean Wilson, Van, as we were talking about, uh, let's listen to a little bit what he had to say about his injury. I'm very uncomfortable. Like, I, I lay on my side, and then that gets sore, and then I lay on my other side, and then I'll stand up, and then I go to stand up, and I get really lightheaded because I lost a lot of blood, and but I didn't get a blood transfusion. So I think it's called your hemoglobin or something, your mm-hmm. hemoglobin levels, and I think that's normally at, like, a 16 or 15, and I'm at an 8. I was literally hitting the whoops, like, straight. Like, I was fine, mm-hmm. and then... It just hit one edge, and it shot me left, and then everyone's seen hit that thing, foot peg up the ass. I just feel blood, like, rushing. Like, it was really, really warm. I didn't know it was blood. I didn't know what it was. Oh. And then I get up, and then um, the Alpine Star guys are freaking out, like, Dean, you're bleeding a lot. Like, but, and then they're trying, to, they're trying to patch it up or whatever, and they're wrapping me. And, like, dude, I'm literally – I'm glad that I don't care already. But I got my hands on these tough blocks. And my ass is to the full crowd. They fucking take my pants, pull my pants down. I, my full ass cheeks are just pointing at the crowd. And I, just, I didn't even care, though, because I'm in, like, 
I just there's blood everywhere, yeah. and they're like pretty desperate to like try and oh. stop the bleeding. Tell me, like, I need to get an ambulance, and I'm, you know, me, I'm thinking, fuck, that's that's expensive. <laughs> so my cock and balls are out. I'm butt ass naked on this thing. I got five doctors poking at my ass, like cleaning it, oh. squeezing it. Yeah. Like their hands are everywhere. I go in for a surgery right away. Yeah, and then they realize the surgery. I hit an artery. So then they did. They finished that surgery. Went into another surgery where I went to a different like department to fix the artery. Ten inches deep. So, oh. I mean, it's weird because obviously a foot peg is like four inches. Right. But I don't know how. how oh, like, it's just dug in but there. It, oh. That's the problem is that it's so deep, and even right now, it's not closed. They've left the thing completely open because right. they said if they closed it, it would mm-hmm. just be a big gap and big space in there, yeah. and then mm-hmm. fluid would fill up with yeah. it. Yeah. Then it has yeah. a good chance of infection. So they're doing the old school healing way of. From the inside out, healing from the inside out. Kenny, dude, as we talked about, right, this pretty gnarly uh, injury, and, and like it sounds god awful, but Dino just has a way of like making it funny and kind of uh, relieving some of the uh, the tension or the, the the fear of the injury. It's just like you can't help but laugh at the story, but man, gnarly, gnarly injury. Yeah, dude, these guys, man. I'm always amazed by how resilient they are. Like, you know, for instance, Van, you know, he's a guy, he's tougher than hell. He, he's went through some stuff and coming back with a positive attitude. And his injury was, was uh, no joke. And, you know, and then Dino, that's just a brutal story. And the way he told it's hilarious, but there's nothing funny about what happened, you know, and, and he could have got hurt way worse. And, and man, but yeah. The way he tells it's hilarious, and I love listening to Dino. He's one of my favorite uh, animated characters in you know in the sport. Yeah, I agree, Van. It, it was really impressive, like that he even came on. You know, I, I kind of considered reaching out to him for my stuff, and I was like, man, he's not going to want to do that. So, got to give him credit for coming on and telling the story. And again, like I said, having humor with it. Like you know, when he's telling the story, he has to know that like like he's serious, right? He feels like shit, but he's making it funny talking about his cock and balls being out and like mm-hmm. it's just that's pure dino and i commend him for coming on pulp monday night that was really good yeah absolutely dino's always been he's always been a real one ever since i knew him since we were like little kids and he grew up to be a, a superstar of the sport you know yeah. and he's still always he always has time for like dudes like me or even like the little people the fans he's always been just like so genuine and so like outgoing and um yeah i think kind of i mean he's had a lot of injuries too um so kind of like what i was talking about at the beginning of the show his personality is so awesome in general but he uh he's always looking at the bright side of things just like i was talking about and always it could always be worse right we've had so many injuries where you don't know what could have happened if you would have hit you know just a little bit harder if you would have hit your, the angle you landed was a little bit different or whatever. We've had so many of those gnarly injuries that you always got to say, Hey, it could have been worse, you know? And I think that's really Dino's attitude. And that's when his personality comes out when he's explaining these super gnarly injuries and he's always looking at the bright side of things. So it's, it's cool to hear from him. Here's his, he's still hurting, but he still has his personality that's not going away. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, and Van, so you, you've been out there, right? You're a pro rider. You've been uh, on those tracks. You've been injured. You've been on the track when somebody else has been injured. Uh, you know, you know. I mean, you've been around a long time. So they brought up 
the fact that a red flag never got thrown during that race. And yeah, man, I, I did. When you think back, like at the time, watching it from TV, you don't know, like we don't know that he's losing that much blood. I mean, you can kind of tell something wasn't right, right? I mean, I remember seeing the medics mm-hmm. put their gloves on. Uh, they're messing with the ass area, so it was clearly something happened. But like that, yeah, he wasn't out cold. But that definitely, if that if that much blood's being lost, and they saw it, like I definitely feel like the red flag should have been thrown and get him out of there. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I think so too. But you know, even talked about it. There was like only a few laps left in the race, you know, and they uh, you can tell something seriously was wrong because. I mean, when you've been in the sport for so long, there was like five medics surrounded around him, you know, and you don't usually see that. You see like two get in the middle of the track and help the guy off. But um, there was like four or five laps left in the race. And you can tell the four or five laps, they were literally just waiting to cross the track. And, you know, they were, it seemed like they were kind of debating on throwing the red flag, but they also, you could tell they were doing some work on him too. Like they were putting all that, that patching in. So they had, they had, you know, they were still helping him while they were waiting to cross the track. So I think they were kind of in limbo between calling the race and, and just trying to keep putting more gauze in or whatever until the race is over. So then they could cross safely. Um, you can tell it was a tough decision that they were having to make right there. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Cause you spent some time in the hospital, obviously. Uh, mm. How do you feel like your um, hospital would stay would have been with a 16 year old kid taking a shit right next to you? Uh, over and over. Yeah, that did not sound pleasant, dude. I mean, I went through some stuff in the hospital for sure, but yeah. I had my own room, and uh, yeah, I had to like, yeah, my wife was killer, absolutely awesome, just like Sarah and Dino always talking about, and uh, dude, and then he even talked about him. He couldn't shit, and he had to have uh, the damn suppository thing and then he posted it on instagram i was like dude i had to have two of those two and they're absolutely miserable oh my god yeah and uh yeah and he talked about having to uh lay on his side a lot but then this shoulder hurts so yeah. you gotta lay on the other side man i dealt with that too and i can only feel his pain dude it's it's not fun at all and he was next to a kid that was non-stop shooting is what it sounds like so <laughs> yeah i'm sure even making it more miserable yeah i'm sure morena's had to wipe your ass a time or two that's yeah she did in the hospital for a week straight god man right like there. yeah I, I sat there when he was telling that story you know and i'm like all right sarah's a badass but like as a as a adult and maybe it's being a man like the ego like that would just eat at me to be like fuck i don't want my chick wiping my ass no <laughs> Just go yeah. out. I'll get a nurse. I like that's that's like I can't, Kenny. I can't really wrap my brain around having to do that. Like I know, shit happens, man. Even like people, you know, things happen. People get paralyzed. People get old, and and eventually your spouse probably has to do some stuff like that. But man, that's that's a that's that'd be tough to stomach having your chick have to wipe your ass. Yeah, I've been there. I've had okay uh, some around. Now, 19 surgeries in my life from car wrecks and skydiving accidents and dirt bike accidents that broke my femur twice. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've been there, and it's it's not fun. But when you're in that situation and you you don't, you don't have a choice, that's your choice. Right, you're right. Yeah, well. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's no fun, but it's just, you know, that's at the point where you're just thankful as hell you have someone there to wipe your ass for you. 
Good point. Good point. Well, this, this Dino story definitely got me thinking about some of those things. And, uh, yeah, great story. I, I love Dino coming on and, and again, commend him for doing it. Um, we'll shift gears just a little bit and kind of mention that, you know, we, we kind of know that Steve always likes to take credit for things, whether he's, he's, you know, it's legitimately his credit to be taken or not. So I want to give credit to some dude that called in for the Moto Xbox show and bought five tickets for the Yamaha LCQ race. And, Who's that guy? Huh? Who's that guy? I don't know, man, but he seems like a really good dude that he would call in and do that and give up his five tickets and his chance to win a Yamaha 450 so that Frank Lowers could then get those tickets. But, um, yeah, more power to the Moto X-Pod show guy. That's really great, man. I appreciate you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then how about, Kenny, that, like, this conversation's going on, and, and Steve Mathis never really says the name of the show. He's just like, that Dark Sides show or the Pony Pod. Like, man, I don't know what's up with the Steve Mathis guy, but it's very disrespectful, Kenny. Well, you know, Steve's always looking like three or four steps forward, so sometimes he just skips over some of the important shit. Uh, yeah, you're right about that. It's all right. We'll get him fixed. Mark's actually fixed. Mark's handled it later on in the show when they picked the winner. So thanks, Dune Goon. Yeah. You're the man. Dungun is the man. All right, let's talk about Atlanta. And the first thing, Van, that I want to talk about, and I'm going to ask you what your about your experience being there and what you saw. But let's. There was a lot of talk throughout the night Monday about speedway races and also day versus night program. Let's listen to what they had to say, and we'll get everybody's thoughts. You like these speedway places, Dino? Do you, do you wish we had more of them? I thought Atlanta looked pretty fun, to be honest. Yeah. I kind of like. I kind of like those tracks. Less turns for me, the bear. <laughs> but um, feet on the pegs, most of the track. Yeah, I'm there with that, so. um, yeah I, I think though, not too many of them. Like two or three, like they have. It's pretty good. I'm, I'm happy with that. Okay. It's, it's, it's a nice change up though. Like when I was watching on the weekend, it was just something different. I really like them because the lap time's longer. Now I, I think lap time is more critical than it ever has been. Like they just go around the track too many damn times yeah. and it gets too fucking gnarly. Everyone's so, got video. Everyone's got dark yeah. face and shadowing. Everybody knows exactly where to go. So, right? and so, so for that reason, yeah. the, the speedways I do like. I, you know what? I honestly don't like it, Steve. Okay. I feel All right. like it's, try, it's leaning. They're trying to make it... Well, not they're not trying. Wrong use of words. But it feels like, to me, it's just kind of going towards motocross a little bit. Like, it's a way more high-speed track. I like racing the stadium. I think the stadium is way cooler, good football stadium. Okay. The vibe, the atmosphere is, is way better, I feel like. I don't like them during the day. They need to be at night. I don't like day races. I'm day. I like the day. Yeah, I just it just, <laughs> it's like less of a show. Like, right. I don't Why know. is it less of a show, though? Dude, 42 second laps in a in a tight stadium floor where everybody can jump everything on the second lap of the first practice and there's nobody doing anything different all night long. It's fucking boring to me. Very uninviting for the public to come come in. You have to cross cross over, you know, all the track, all kind of different things. The San Diego, you got to walk, you got to walk around homeless people in the ghetto to get to the pits. Well, then stuff, can we have a, a proper pit party like where semis are set up? You've seen one, like you. And let's say that's that not true. JT's been filming some live opening ceremonies this year on his Instagram, and I've watched those. And it's the same thing. Like, there's nothing. There's no vibe. Like, I want to see the racing. Like, I don't give a shit about the fireworks. And I don't. Hallelujah. Wanna, I don't want to say yeah, I don't you give might a shit. Go on Twitter because there are a bunch of people that disagree with uh, you and Steve. If we had speedways in the dark, would this weekend have been better? It's better. It's, it's better. better. Okay. Every single time. Opening ceremonies is going on. 
and the lights go down and all that stuff is happening. I'm like on the edge of my seat. Oh, I am. Oh my god! Can he? Is he really serious? I think. I think he's serious, Kiefer. I think he's being. All right, Van. I'm going to go to you first since you were there and you've raced some of these. So, as a as a viewer this weekend, how was Atlanta Speedway Day race? Just as a viewer, what'd you think of it? How did it hold up? Um, as a viewer. I mean, I was lucky. I was up in the press box, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so you can see the full track, which is kind of better than Daytona, I thought. Atlanta didn't seem as long as Daytona. Um, but I can see what a few people were talking about as far as it's a little bit tougher for the fans. You had to cross under this tunnel from the pits to the to the go infield. under the actual speedway. Yeah, yeah to the infield, uh, yeah. Dude, it was a pretty far walk. I'm not going to lie. And uh, for me, I was hurting. And it, <laughs> it seemed like forever. And uh, But, dude, the fireworks were actually insane. Like, Because um, I was up there in the press box, and I was with Dan Hubbard, actually. And he was like, man, they're able to go bigger with the fireworks. And a caller even mentioned it. A caller even called in and said something about the fireworks. And which it didn't seem as cool because they weren't – it wasn't daytime like everyone's talking about. But if it would have been nighttime, it would have been like crazy because even the glass of the press box like shook. Like it was pretty gnarly. Um, but I think overall, as a viewer, it's definitely not the typical Supercross atmosphere, but it's not bad. It's still yeah. very entertaining. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think that's the that's part of the the discussion that we've had. Yes, it's still entertaining. Uh, it's still a cool show, but and I'm going to get to the vibe thing in a minute. It's just not quite the same coolness factor, at least in my eyes and a lot of people's eyes, as a night show inside a stadium. As a racer, do you like the state or the uh, speedway style races and you know longer lap times, uh, et cetera? Do you do, what do you think about them? I, yeah, I like them as a racer. Okay, I do. I like like what Dino said. Um, yeah, I just like longer lap times. I've always been more of an outdoor guy, so right. I I like that aspect too. I like that, like Steve mentioned, you can charge in, you can make up time by charging and jumps like harder. Um, there's a lot of areas to be made up time, and I don't know, it changes things up. It, it gives it. Someone said you got to be the Supercross champion at the end of the year is usually the most well-rounded rider, and I mean, that, that proves it right there. If we have a little bit of mix-ups, so you add two more speedway races and they have four or something, and then 13 normal supercrosses, that's still, I think that would be fine as a racer. You know, like I'm, I'm on Steve's side. For okay, sure. yeah, and I think there was a lot of good points made by everybody. Like Variety, you know, Kiefer likes Variety, Kenny. Um, a, a lot of, there was a lot of good points made that, I don't disagree with, but you, Kenny, being a fan that I don't know how many you get to go to a year, uh, you know, but like, where, where do you stand on this thing? Who do you, what, who do you side with? Um, I, I, I'm not crazy about the day races. Um, I, I like it to be more of a supercross atmosphere myself. Um, like I go to Indy and Seattle and St. Louis. Um, I've never been to a speedway race. I've always wanted to. Um, 
But then again, also, I uh, I live in the Eastern Time Zone, so I don't like it when they're at they start at ten o'clock either, like when they're on the West Coast. Yeah, so it's definitely I, a lot later. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy to stay up till one o'clock. But um, I, so if I had to pick, I probably would pick day races just because of that. But um, I wouldn't want to want them to have any more day races. And, and um, but I think the amount of speedway races they have right now is is all right. It would be okay if they added one more. Um, but like I said, I've never, you know, raced any of those races, so I can't really form a, a real solid opinion on that, but I will say, um, if I did race those, I would be a fan of the longer, uh, uh lap times because them tracks get just decimated when there's 40 second, you know, a lap times and them tracks are just destroyed at the end and that's gotta be not easy to ride on. No, and I, that was one of the points that was being made, right? But so here's what I want to talk about, though, guys. The the vibe and the stuff, like, Kiefer was like, I don't care about the vibe. I'm there to see racing, and that's kind of what Steve was saying. And uh, Chris said, you know, if you've seen one open to ceremonies, you've basically seen them all. But that's, that's those guys that are somewhat jaded because they go to a lot of them. And, like, I, I, I had a little group text with some of those guys yesterday where I was remembering a story – this was probably eight years ago, maybe nine years ago at Houston. Uh, and I was just a regular fan, right? I, I had nothing to do with the industry at the time. I was there with my ex-wife, uh, my wife at the time, obviously. And like, I was like, all right, it's time to go. We got to get over the stadium. And she's still getting ready, and she's still getting dressed, and she's still doing her makeup. And I'm like, we got to go. Let's go. I, wanna get, I wanted to see open ceremonies. I was lucky if I got to go to one a year, maybe two, if Houston and Dallas both had a, a race. And it took her so long to get ready. Then the, her and the, the kids wanted to grab food. And I was losing my freaking mind. We got to the state, or we were actually staying across from the stadium at the little hotel caddy corner. So, like, I literally started running to the stadium, left them behind, and I caught the very tail end of, of opening ceremonies. And I was so pissed off that it ruined the rest of my night. Like, it ruined the racing because all that to me was part of the show. I can stay home and watch the racing. I want to see the fucking videos. I want to see the fireworks. I want to see the monster girls with the flamethrowers and all this goofy shit because that's part of the experience. There are people all over the country that are lucky if they get to go to one a year. You know, some of these stadiums, right, they rotate from year to year. So maybe they go to one every other year, and they want that experience. That matters, man. As a fan, that's a big, big deal, and I think Kiefer and those guys and Steve are like taking that too lightly. So, going back to that though, the night program, doing it at night, where you see all that stuff, the lasers and everything, I think that's a big deal for the overall experience for a regular everyday fan. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right, and like what JT was saying, he he may have been blowing it out of proportion. Um, saying he's on the edge of his seat or whatever. Um, but, dude, I, I still – I've been racing Supergirls for nine years, and I still – some races, if I if I got time to kill, I'll uh, – I go down and watch opening ceremonies. and Because I remember being a kid and watching opening ceremonies. That was, like, literally almost the highlight of the night, you know, just like we were talking about. You yeah. have to – you have to see opening ceremonies. So, yeah, there's definitely a really cool vibe that it brings. Um so maybe I am, like you said, a little bit jaded to it because I've been doing this for so long. But uh, 
so I don't see it as much of a big deal now. But yeah, it, it is cool to the average viewer, you know. It yeah. definitely you've got to see it, basically. I think so. And Kenny, I'll admit, like I don't get to go to that many supercrosses now, but I go to a lot more than the average person does. And this year at like Glendale, I don't think I even watched. I think I was like on my phone or I was updating my fantasy or some I was doing something other than watching. And so I can say that yeah, yeah I lost some of the videos after I saw them once. I didn't really need to see them again. So I get that. But again, my point being with the average fan, I get, like if I go to a concert, which I do a lot, I don't really want to see the band sit on chairs and play music. I want to see them running around. I want to see pyros going off. I want to see people jumping up on monitors because I am paying for an experience, a show that's bigger than what I would get if I was just sitting at home. So again, the production value in my eyes is very important. Uh, what do you think? I, I agree with you 100% on all that. I love opening ceremonies, and I like to get there early, too. And I also agree that uh, them guys are a bit jaded. So um, they go to a, a lot of races, um, even in Van's case and all the riders' cases. That's basically their job, right? Yep. So, when the, you know, you do something over and over again at your job. It's just, just the thing you do. But, you know, for people like me and you and the other fans that, that pay – good money to go see this we want to see it all definitely you know and 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 so yeah just that's the difference between you know being a media guy or a racer and being a fan yeah uh van paul during a lot of this discussion made a really good uh it's just brought up a topic of like when they're talking about lap times and that man maybe like no lap times under 55 seconds this has been kind of a hot topic this year with the with the you know sub 50 second lap times I, and I, I think that this is the early stages of this discussion, and the more Steve talks about it, eventually Feld will, or AMA will probably implement the rule. But I do like the idea of maybe twenty plus twenty minutes plus one lap, or you know, a, 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 a timed. You can't go. Lap times have to. Well, okay, I'm, I'm all over the place. Lap times. I like the fifty-five second lap time rule, or. They have to adjust if the lap times are less than the fifty-five seconds, then you can't go twenty minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, there has to be a minimum lap time, or or a minimum number of laps, or a minimum lap time allowed. Yeah, I did a terrible yeah, job so. of explaining that, but you know what I'm trying nah, to say. I mean, I got it for sure. Maybe maybe some of the listeners may not, but <laughs> um, I'll get bashed for that. But I don't care. <laughs> yeah, if the lap time is too short, basically, then there needs to be a cap on instead of it being 20 minutes plus a lap, maybe it should be 20 minutes on the dollar. Maybe it should be 18 minutes plus a lap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or 22 laps max or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, maybe Steve will get that change because I feel like this year more than ever, people have been really, maybe it was Detroit, maybe it was Andy, all the chaos at Detroit. Um, but people have been really talking about how many laps have been done. I mean, last year there was a couple rounds too, but there's been some short lap times here. So who knows? Maybe Steve um, talking about it may get a change. Well, he, I mean, he changed things at Glen Helen. He's changed. He's got the nets. Uh, he's, he's, I don't know. He seems to have a lot of uh, unintentional pull in the industry. And it's pretty great. But before we move on, let's talk about Guts Racing. Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company. Offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition, 
Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson and McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky Pro Circuit Kawasaki and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. Um, all right, let's talk about Hunter Lawrence, I guess. he. Uh, this guy is one of my favorite people now. I don't know... I don't know how you guys feel about him. I don't know how much you've talked to him, Van, but Hunter is just a good kid. Great attitude. Both those boys really seem to have a great attitude and personality. One thing that kind of bothers me, Kenny, though, man, is every time Hunter is interviewed, every time he's in a press conference, somebody brings up his brother. And I know how close they are. I know how their bond is. But, like, I had – sorry, Steve. I had Hunter on a couple weeks ago, and I told my guys before we started – no jet questions. None. Don't, and that wasn't brought up by Hunter. It's just, I, I feel like the kid has got to be getting annoyed at some point a little bit like, okay, we're not here to talk about my brother. Of course, the interview starts off with Kiefer calling him jet. Um, well, actually, let's listen to it, and then I want to get your thoughts, Kenny. This is the winner of the 250 showdown in Atlanta. Jet? No. Oh. No, better than that. Hunter Lawrence, what's up, Hunter? You're such, you're such an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jet. I mean, Hunter, I'm sorry. Hunter, this had to bug the shit out of you. The media, the fans, Craig, Jet, Craig, Jet, Jet, Craig. Had to bug the shit out of you. Um, Not really. I mean, they're, they're both, you know, the current red plate holders. So, I mean, it's just, it's kind of expected. So I'm not... Not really bug bug me, uh, to be honest with you, because it's just it's something that you know right. expected, really, yeah. you know, out of our out of our media and, and audience. So Kenny, he says not really, right? But then at the end, he's like, yeah, it's kind of expected out of our media, which to me that's a little bit of a, you know, like a a, a knock against the media, right? And to me, it's it's warranted. I don't feel like. Every time somebody talks to him, they should ask him or talk about his brother. It, I don't, I don't know. It drives me crazy. Um, I was kind of bummed that Kiefer did it, but uh, what do you think, man? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the the James and Malcolm thing, right? For a long time, there, they, you know, if you're talking about Malcolm or talking to Malcolm, James would always come up. Yeah, still does. Yeah, you know, and, and still does. Yeah, so I'm guessing Malcolm probably gets a little bit tired of that, but. You know, the Lawrence brothers are the two of the most popular writers on the planet right now, and they're brothers, so they're going to always be connected no matter what in the conversations that people have to them or about them. But, yeah, I can see where he's probably getting maybe a little tired of it, and and uh, I don't know, you know, well, do you, for just being funny. Do you believe him? Like he said, not really, but then I heard that, you know, the it's the, like I said, expected from our media, and I kind of took that as like, hmm. It's just, it's, yeah, I don't know. Do you think he's annoyed by it or am I just, do you think I'm reading too much into it? Mm, that's a tough one because I feel like when them guys are training during the week and they're focused on more than what people are saying about them. Sure, but, sure. You know, so I, I don't know if he really cares, but uh, maybe he is. Maybe he's a little annoyed by it. I, I probably will get a little annoyed by it. <laughs> Yeah, Van, uh, how about your thoughts, man? I mean, yeah, I, I do know that Chris was just busting balls. No big deal. But there was a couple of times, and we're going to talk about the other situation later, about, you know, where I feel like Hunter kind of was, like, going back at Kiefer a little bit. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know if he dug it or not. What do you think? 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's such to say, I felt like I've been in that scenario before. My dad used to be a team manager at Honda Houston and, uh, people would always ask me about my dad first before they asked even about me. So I feel like I have a little bit of what, like what Hunter was or what you're asking me, basically yeah. what Hunter, um, everyone always brings up jet, right? Like always. And I don't know. I don't think it, he lets it bother him. He says it doesn't, but maybe in the back of the head, his head, he's kind of like, Oh, okay. Another yeah, jet question. You know, you know he's like, it's on gotta it. be. Like, yeah. Every time be. he gets interviewed, you know, he's got to be like something about jets coming up. Yeah. He's not going to let it show or, or say anything about it. Cause he loves his brother. But um, yeah, he's definitely got to be like, oh, there's another jet question. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about him, man, as just like, I'm going to ask you since he's not here, like him and Jet as interviews. You've heard him multiple times on, on Steve's show. Uh, Salt Lake City, you know what, I think not last year, when, for the at the end of 21 or 20, they came into the hotel, the undisclosed location where Steve was recording and did a podcast with Steve. Like they're just they're all their interviews with Steve are really good, right? They they do joke back and forth and they kind of talk shit. So I think they're really good for the sport. I think Steve does a really good job when they're on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they just have great personalities, yeah. both of them. Really, I mean, Jet's a little bit more outgoing, but Hunter is like also very honest and and he's got great personality as well. So. I feel like they're just very good at interviews in general. Like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just very. I've never really met. I mean, I've said what's up to both Hunter and Jet and met like one time, but I don't really know them personally. But they seem that way. Even Atlanta this weekend, I'm walking through the pits after the races, and they got like, dude, a ton of fans around them. I'm like, how did all these people even get in the pits? But, <laughs> um, yeah, they're just very, very good personalities and seem like just genuinely good kids in general. Yeah, good for the sport for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Ben, I want to go back to stay with you since you were at Atlanta. Uh, the press day, the big triple, I don't I don't know if we ever decided how big the thing was. I've heard 120, <laughs> 150, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Hunter talked about, like, he, I think his quote was, we're not a video game here. Um, and he also threw in that I, I wasn't the one that complained, so I, I don't know if he got heat for that, but you were there. Uh, were you there on press day? Yeah, I okay. saw the crash in person. Yeah, so um, what were your thoughts on that thing? Man, I think um, I think it was fine. I just think it wasn't built right, kind of like what Hunter said, or I guess Steve said more about. Like, the landing was too – it didn't have enough dirt on it for how big the jump was. Like, the, the double landing was huge, but the triple landing was like – that's what all the, my buddies that hit it told me is, like, you didn't want to case that thing. And, uh, yeah, Hunter proved it for sure that you don't want to case it. But um, I think he would have turned around and knocked it out and made the jump right away, and it wouldn't have been an issue after that. But um, I don't know. It's it's tough to say because, we were, I mean, we were talking about guys like, like privateer dudes being around. Um, like if someone like me would have crashed on it, they probably just would have said, Oh, that dude's not that good. That's why he crashed <laughs> yeah, on it. Sure. But, yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah, and they probably wouldn't have changed it, but because Hunter Lawrence crashed on it, even though he didn't complain more, I heard Tomac was pretty upset about it. So 
Um, well, and Jason Anderson yeah. made some comments on Twitter. Like he was like, you know, these. I, yeah. I don't remember exactly what it said, but uh, he, he. I think he was the one that said, "This is why we need a union." Um, like, yeah, he wasn't stoked on it. He he said like. Maybe it was because it was muddy, but he made a comment about it was somebody else. I think it was Phil that said the union thing, but Jason said something like, "I'm not even going out for second practice." Basically, yeah. maybe that was because of the mud, but he wasn't stoked on that jump. I don't think. No, and I think a lot of people knew it was going to rain too, so they were like, and Hunter even referred to the wind, um, yep, being an issue on jumps, which I didn't think was very windy, but um, like I don't know, we had to take the weather in effect, especially when they're building a track too, and. And I just think it could have been a little bit safer and it would have avoided all of that really. But either way, um, it happened and, um, they changed it, but I don't know. I I didn't think it was too incredibly dangerous. Like, I think it was kind of cool to have, like I see third works perspective on it too. It's a sick, big old jump. Like people want to watch that, but it also got to think about the riders and everyone's safety as well. So that's an interesting topic, um, Kenny. I was actually going to ask you that same, basically what Van just said. And Hunter made the, the comment, like, it, it could be a recipe for disaster sometimes. Um, yeah, I think as track builders, it failed as an entertainment company, Kenny. They, they do want to put some stuff in that's like, oh, that's so cool, right? But I feel like there's got to be a, a fine line somewhere that you have to figure out where the, where the balance is that, okay, this is cool, but you shouldn't have to make a decision of if I don't do this obstacle, I'm basically not going to win. But if I do do it, I might die. Like that should not even be an option. Like I, I think they got to figure out a borderline. Like I had some buddies say this and there was a discussion a few months ago on pulp on another obstacle. We're like, well, they, they don't have to jump it, but that's kind of unrealistic at the pro level. Like mm, they kind of do if they want to compete for a championship, you know, and that's not, I don't feel like we should put them in that position on things that are unsafe. Like, you know, there are normal obstacles that they could also die on quote unquote. I hate, you know, I don't want to be too dramatic, but, right. but they don't have to put something that's so freaking gnarly like that weekend, like, like at Atlanta. I, and even the quad at Dallas last year, that was a big deal. Um, like that shit scared me every time I was up in the press box and every time Justin Brayton or somebody would pull the trigger on the thing, I was like, Oh my God, dude, why, why is this a thing? This is too big. Like, I don't know. It's just, I think it's gotten a little, it, it can get too big sometimes like Glenn Helen a few years ago. It was ridiculous. It's not necessary. There has to be some kind of balance. I don't know how they find that, but as a fan, Kenny, where do you like, how do you feel about that? Right. I mean, an obstacle that's really, really cool to watch but it's way too dangerous. And, and, and Van, I, I, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm rambling on. Van, you said like it didn't seem like bad, but it's much bigger, much more um, percentage of possibility of getting hurt on something like that than normal. Kenny. Yeah, I thought Van's take on it was real interesting because when I was watching it, uh, when I saw Hunter's catch, I'm thinking, man, that is, you know, crazy that elite guys are eating shit on press day. Yeah. Bogle, right? Bogle cased it and somebody else. Yeah. And then when I heard they were, they're scraping it down or, or uh, doing something to it, I was, you know, I was thinking, no, that's probably a good idea yep. because you know, if, if, if the guys can't jump it, they're gonna, because when one, one guy jumps it and he's that, you know, half a second, a lap faster than another guy, he's going to jump it too. 
you know, and then everyone wants to jump it. And then it, it, it it's, I think it was pretty dangerous jump myself. Yeah, it wasn't very but, forgiving, and, and that was what Van was kind of touching on, like the landing. Yeah, you, if you're going to do something like that, I mean, yeah, it definitely has to be a much more forgiving uh, landing so that if you do, you know, if you hopefully you don't OJ in flat land, but if you OJ or, right. or under jump, you again, you don't have what happened to Hunter because he was very, very lucky to, to walk away from that and race again. So, yeah, it's yeah, I, yeah, it was a bad crash. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but I, I just don't like stuff like that. Like, Van, I was. I had Benny Bloss on. I keep talking about my show. I'm going to get in trouble for this one. But Benny and I were talking about this last night, and I was like, okay, I'm all for slowing it down. Like the quad I talked about in Dallas. Don't make that an option. Make the jumps taller, steeper, where like you're kind of maybe more airtime, but shorter distances, and you got to slow down, be more technical. Um, again, I don't know what the answer is. I just don't like some of these massive, massive, high-speed jumps in Supercross, and there's no room I, I don't dig it, Van. I just I, I'm out on it. Yeah, um, yeah, I definitely get it, but we are. <laughs> I don't think you agree I with mean, me. I, I mean, like you, you give us a couple laps. You may. I mean, it just all needs to be built safe. That's yeah. that's the issue. You know, like we're all the best in the the country, basically, or the world, whatever you want to call it, and uh, like. Once one dude hits it, yeah, everyone's going to hit it. And I can almost, you can almost watch someone do it when you get to that certain level and you know exactly how to hit it right away. So if one dude hits it, you're pretty much like, oh, I got it. Or, or you just don't hit it. I mean, that's kind of what. I don't like that option. Okay. Come on. I keep going on and on. I don't don't know. It's just, it's a, it's a touchy subject, really. Um, I guess it's the same even on normal supercross, right? There are sections that the privateer guys, the rhythms that they don't do. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. I just, I don't know. That that one just is excessively scary, dangerous to me, and I don't like seeing you guys get hurt. So, whatever. If you want to go out and get hurt, Van, fine. Fuck you. Go jump it. <laughs> I would have jumped it. I'm sure you would have. <laughs> I would have had to, right. probably. Let's probably move on to. to the other time where I felt like Hunter, well, he did. He gave a little back, a little bit back to Chris. Let's listen. If you would have saw Hunter at A1, and then you see Hunter now, and and I correct me if I'm wrong, Hunter. Like it was practice at A1. I was like, oh boy, this shit's not going well. It's 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 not looking good. And then the turnaround that you've had throughout the whole series, it's like steadily got better, better. You had the crash, but then he comes back again, and you have a sneaky good uh, riding style that doesn't look like you're hauling ass, but it's so efficient. I agree. I'll call you on the Anaheim one. What do you say you didn't like? Because I qualified. So it just doesn't yeah. ever look like appetizing for a fan. But Jet looks appetizing yeah, I mean, as I you watch it. I definitely think my riding style is that way. Like, I think if you watch, I mean, I mean, Anaheim won. Who, like, can you tell me who you looked at and was like, oh my God, he's got everything God. Like, I mean, Christian was sending it. He had so many moments in the whoops. Colt was sending it. Like, everyone was just sending it. So I wouldn't say you'd look at anyone and go, oh yeah, like, wow, that guy's greasy and just looks like perfect but like my riding style definitely does look like that like even when i ride with jet i look slower and then but if you put a clock on me it speak you know the time speaks for itself i'm definitely better than when i first started the series but i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's like oh my god he sucked at the start like 
everyone talks about, you know, Jet and Christian come through rides from the pack. Like Anaheim won, I came from, I was the last guy into the first turn and I come through to pretty much almost second. You know, the come through rides Jet and Christian have both had, I've also done this year, but they kind of get left out of the conversation a little bit, you know, which is whatever, it's fine. But yeah. Um, that's just that's just our industry. They only pay attention to what they want to pay attention to, you know. <laughs> Kenny, another another little knock on the kind of the media, but in the industry, I guess. But I liked that Hunter kind of like, hey, I, I he didn't totally agree with Kenny, and he said, no, nah, man, what, what like, tell me what you saw that was better, you know? Like I liked it. I, I dug him kind of having a little bit of uh, a little balls to say, no, oh, I don't agree with you, Chris. Yeah, yeah, he straightened him out a little bit there, didn't he? I think so. I liked it. Yeah, he uh, he wanted to make sure that uh, he was letting Chris know what he thought, you know, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, I think it's good, man. Because, man, he, Hunter, you know, Hunter's a young kid. Well, he's not that young, I guess, but, like, it, it would be real easy for him just to be like, eh, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 you know, but <laughs> right. no, he, he, gave his, he gave his thoughts back, and, and again – that makes for a great interview, right? Like he he kind of gave sure. his opinion, gave a different side. Uh, you know, it was really really great to listen to. It sure yeah, was, and I'm a big Hunter fan. Yeah, me too. He's Sorry, he's my man. he's my favorite Lawrence brother. He knows that. Me too. <laughs> man, go ahead, man. Yeah, I think uh, I think Hunter kind of right there. He was kind of like, man, I thought I rode pretty decent in qualifying, and yeah. and I'm one. Like, what? <laughs> tell me where you thought I could be better. Basically, right. Um, like third isn't that bad. We find third. I mean, where was I getting sketchy at? What What made you think I was looking sketchy, Chris? Huh? I like he's calling him out. Yeah, yeah, I I was like laughing the whole time. I loved it. It's so good. Um, let's talk about Brock Tickle. I did not pull any 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 uh, audio from Brock, but Brock Brock's a cool story, man. What he's mm-hmm. chose to do, you know, he's it, like I like the hearing about these test guys, him and Kennard and kind of how it works because I, I have kind of wondered like how do like Trey how does Trey set up a bike or test a bike for Chase and Kenny they're very different how does Brock set up a bike for Adam Cincerillo and Jason they're very different like it's interesting and when he kind of comes in talks about it you know well we get, we take four options and there's two that are just no good at all we get rid of those it just makes it easier like that explains it to me and to somebody that doesn't really know how the testing process works and I, I thought Brock was real insightful. Brock's a pretty intelligent guy. And uh, I thought it was a really good interview. Um, yeah, so what would you think? Yeah, I think I think Brock's awesome. Yeah. I've known him for a long time. He's helped me out a lot with a lot of advice. And he's always he's always been a good dude to all the privateers in the pits, too. So that's how I know he's a good dude, <laughs> like in general, if he's friendly with everyone. And uh, But no, I really liked what he said about Kind of what what you mentioned, um, just getting it. Even though we're say Brock's a different rider than Anderson, um, he's trying a bunch of things and at least getting a smaller like ballpark, a base range, yeah, a base to throw those throw those certain things out that are trash because you got to have someone still going at a high speed to test, which Brock can obviously do. Um, so I thought that was really cool how he explained his testing part a little bit and then how he uh they asked him more about Jason and and they talked about Jason's riding style and how he could kind of just pull off anything which is super rad and you see that from Jason all the time um and then they also talked about um just Jason's 
work ethic that he has and not a lot of all our people behind the scenes you don't really see that you see the team fraud stuff and it looks it looks fun and like he's having a good time but it doesn't look like he's put in the work but brock talked about how much how he stays so late every yep, day at the yeah. death track and just puts so much effort in that you don't really see so that was that was cool to hear yeah i think that was real important van that you brought that up because yeah the the average fan Kind of, and he did an interview on Gypsy Tales recently, right? And they talked about like, mm-hmm. oh, kind of like people think like, oh, the stoner thing or whatever because of Team Fried. And they, and I think a lot of the average fans don't realize how hard he works and how much he cares about what he's doing. And have, and you know, and if like, say, um, Tom Journey, film guy Tom, who part of Team Fried, he came on and said that, you'd be like, well, that's just part of his, his group. But Brock isn't part of Team Fried, right? He's not part of Jason's inner circle. He's helping Brock on, the, or he's helping Jason on the because they're a part of Factory Kawasaki together. But having it come from a guy like Brock, I think that was more relevant to hear that behind the scenes stuff about Jason. I think that went a long way. Absolutely. What, how, yeah, Kenny, did you take any? Did you feel that way about it all? Did you even catch any of that? Yeah, I did. Um... Yeah, I, I just, you know, I don't think people understand that you don't win four supercross races without putting the work in. You sure? You know, so people that can say what they want about Jason, but you, you, you got to do the work to do what he's doing on the bike. Yeah. Um, and I, I think Brock's a great interview. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but did I hear a little disappointment in his voice when they were talking about Kawasaki not asking him to fill in. Yeah, he's kind of like, yeah, I didn't get, I, I wasn't ready, but I didn't really get asked. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah because we, we talked recently. I talked to him at Dallas and then, okay, anyway, I talked to him recently. We'll just say that. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, he he kind of said, like, I feel like I could be a sixth or seventh place guy. And I think, he, you know, he said that Monday, right? He talk, said the same thing to me. Like, he still feels like he could be a main event guy. And Kenny, I would think, that with that kind of ability, that's a very tough decision to say, all right, I'm really not going to put all my effort into training and going out there and racing like I love to do and have done my whole life. I'm going to go ahead and take this position at this job and and work hard at that and do that. And I, I think part of him would love to still be able to go race. And if he had been asked, I think he would have probably tried to figure it out. But, yeah, he, he kind of acted like, eh, it's okay. I've chose to be here and do this. I'm not really ready, but I think he would like to be ready. Absolutely. I kind of got that, too. Yeah, I did, too. I, I, I don't disagree. Brock was a good interview, though. Yeah, I really enjoyed him. Uh, good stuff from him. Let's talk about Seal Savers. For 22 years, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection to the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the first and original fork seal protection that protects your forks from dirt, dust, rocks, sand, and mud. Seal Savers will always continue to innovate and improve, which is what led to the development of the easy-to-install Zip-On Seal Savers. Not only do they have a full line of products for your motorcycle, Seal Savers has essential products that are crucial for your performance of your side-by-side and your mountain bike. Seal Savers is the ultimate protection, so enter code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. Shout out to Mason. He sent me a set of blue seal savers for my YZ250 that I'll be getting just a few. Well, I'm going to ride it in a few weeks. It should be at home probably a month and a half or so. But thanks to Mason for that. Uh, Race Tech is doing my suspension. I'll have some seal savers so that I don't have to re- replace those fork seals once they get muddy and nasty. So thank you. 
Thank you there, Mason. Um, Zacco. Zacco, I love me some Zacco, Kenny. Um, but <laughs> this was an unusual. I think he was a cold. Well, he was a cold call, right? He wasn't originally scheduled. Zach's very good about coming on. Kind of felt a little bad for Zach with his results, but he didn't really seem too bummed, Kenny. Hard to believe he goes 9-8 at the two-stroke world championships. Like, I expected him to go 1-1. Yeah, usually you expect Zach to go uh, 1-1 most of the time. Yeah, I do. Like, I still feel like he should be, you know, he should be uh, able to go 1-1 at Outdoor National but to get smoked, as he said, at this two-stroke world championships at Glen Helen, like I was very, very surprised by that. Yeah, he was such a good sport about it too, and he's <laughs> he always was. a great interview. And and uh, you know, he he could tell he didn't really like to talk about it too much, but <laughs> he he was uh he was funny about it, and you know, he's a great personality, man. I I really like him. I've been following him most of his career. Um, yeah. Just good people. One of the best humans you'll ever meet. Well, let's let's listen to what he had to say. There's a gentleman that won a 450 motocross title not that long ago. Uh-huh. Uh, won a supercross not that long ago. Showed up on a two-stroke and went 9-9. Nine, 7-7, nine. Seven, seven, sorry. Okay. No, I think he went 9-9. Nine, nine. So you're Zach, your bike looks sick. Your fly racing yeah. gear looks sick. What happened? Um, honestly, I just got smoked. I mean, nine eight. Okay, you I, went nine eight according to MXA class. Okay, well, maybe I went nine eight. I don't know. Okay, my arms were so hard after the first moto that I <laughs> couldn't even like. I, well, I was going back to the pit. Yeah, I hadn't used my clutch in like four laps. Oh, going back to the pit, and really? I was literally like I had all four of my fingers like pointed oh. down using my clutch like that, so I didn't hit anyone. <laughs> like, second moto pulled a fat hole shot, like super sick. Made the made the whole trip worth it. To be honest. And, uh, yeah, proceeded to get arm pump again and <laughs> Damn. Um, put on our fade. Okay, this is a different type of prep. Oh, I know. It bumps will start so early. Is this into... just like a back blade prep? Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. And He's right. That, it... Like, for me, that's way out of my comfort zone. I'm, you know, I want the track, like, Deep. full East block right. car track. And um, the track was, like, super fast, and everything felt like it was on a turn. So I want to, like, turn off of something, and there's just not that <laughs> Those boys were... Surf, it's two-stroke surfing. I only laugh. I'm yeah. laughing because I just know the feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. If you go to Glen Helen and you haven't been in a while, it doesn't matter if Zach is a 450 champion. Like, this is how bad... I know. Arm, I'm giving him shit. I know, but it's this a, is how bad arm pump is. Right. But were you... When you were getting blown by, were you mad, or were you like, this is whatever? Like, where were your... Where's your mindset at, Zacho? I'm so, like... My my gig, I guess you would say, is not like they told me from day one. Like this is not results based. You've right. done the results. This weekend was was not that fun. Like from a racing perspective, no, but no. Actually, I, I, I was like, yeah, I I can't do anything about it. So they're just gonna keep passing me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before I get Van's thoughts on the audio, if you guys listen to the show and now you're listening to this, you hear Paul and Kiefer. In the background, it sounds like they're talking about something that has nothing to do with what's going on. If you would watch YouTube, you'd see they were... Chris was showing Paul the footage of Alessi's crash at Glen Helen. And I think it was actually even on the screen of YouTube. So that's what they're reacting to, just in case anybody's wondering what the hell they're even... Why why you can hear him on my mic and why Steve didn't lay into him like he normally does, I have no idea. 
but that's what was going on. <laughs> but Van, um, yeah, the arm pump, man. Like I am a little surprised. It doesn't seem like it's been that long. He's been off the bike. I mean, I guess it, you know, I guess he really didn't have a lot of off season prep. You know, he rode a little bit and then his back started acting up, but like, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kind of on Kiefer's side, you know, where he was kind of laughing at Zach's whole story. And, uh, cause I've been there, like I've gone to Glen Helen with no prep, no, never even ridden Glen Helen before being an East coast guy used to the East coast dirt and you go there just dude, Glen Helen is just a different monster. Like it, the acceleration chop and just like how Zach mentioned, it feels like you're just always on a turn. I don't know. You can never bank off of every, anything. And dude, it's in the, in the dudes that beat them are all bad dudes that ride there all the time and if you've been off your game like not been to glen helen for say six months and you're riding just east coast stuff and getting a little bit of prep here and there and you're not totally ready i mean i can see the the national champ zach osborne getting beat by some bad dudes if you're not 100 percent ready to handle the glen helen like it's it's a different monster 100 percent and uh but wait, what did you? What were they showing in the background? Alessi's crash. Yeah, I think from... Alessi had a big crash at that race. Uh, oh, off, like coming out of Talladega Turner, like the the left. I think it was in the left hand. Oh, after... yeah, I saw a picture actually. Yeah, yeah. So he was showing that video, and I think that that's what Paul was reacting to. Like uh, Zacho was talking about his clutch, and I think like Paul said, like "Holy shit" or something. I don't remember what what his reaction was, but that's that was while they were watching that video. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So wait, wait a. So I'm gonna. I don't, <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm really on Kiefer tonight, but why to screw shit up, Kiefer? <laughs> <laughs> Kiefer's my boy. Um, all right, so, oh, Glen Helen. That's what I, I want to stay on Glen Helen, uh, Kenny. Somehow, Steve's complaints were heard. Glen Helen posted a picture of the Krauss with hashtag Pulp Max, no complaining. He's getting shit done. Yeah. Well, first of all, back to the arm pump thing real quick. Sure. Um, go I'm ahead. So man. Just, you, it's your show, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I'm so out of shape. I get arm pump doing the dishes, so oh, I can't yeah. even imagine yeah. riding Glen Helen. Oh, dude. But anyway. Yeah, hey, hang on. You know, me, I'm now going to interrupt you. So okay. Chris texted me the other day. We were talk, Maybe we were talking on the phone. And he's like, hey, when you come out to ride this two-stroke, which is the weekend after Salt Lake City, like, and he mentioned it on Monday night. Like he's going to do have some companies out there for some testing and do some videos. He's like, you're going to be so tired. I was like, dude, I'm tired every day. I don't even ride. I'm tired thinking about riding. This is not <laughs> going to go how Chris thinks it's going to go. I haven't been on a bike in like seven months. I don't no. do any kind of training. It's going to be bad. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, go ahead on to Glen Helen corrals and, and, and Steve's influence on the world of moto man he seems to get stuff done doesn't he <laughs> he does I mean, he didn't even without even really trying like he's not going to glenn hill and saying hey let's fix the shit he's just bitching about it on his fucking janky radio show and shit gets done right right like i mean like inadvertently or in a roundabout way he just he gets stuff done look he got his own race man that's nuts. We're going to talk about yeah. that in a minute. Yeah, we're we're going to talk about that. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's pretty impressive, uh, Van. It's pretty impressive. The pull, not the pull. The 
this what's the word I'm looking for? Like the broad the band of influence. There's a anyway the the the, the influence that Steve has over things just by talking. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's got a, a big following for sure, and it seems like I don't know. It seems like it's growing too, and just more and more people are listening to the show, and uh, yeah, it's making an impact. Yeah, it's pretty cool to see. I, you know, as much as he rants about things, and some of them are just way out there. Like some of the improvements that have come, somewhat stem from his complaints. Have been pretty cool. I mean, the the Nets in general, like the Nets, is a really cool thing that saved some guys a few times, and it's it's great to see. Kenny, the last thing on Zacho was uh, his story where he jumped, or I think I guess Kenny or Chris started to tell the story. But where Zach jumped on Don Maeda's bike, it was chasing down Chris. And Chris was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, no way he's catching me. That that was hilarious because that shit matters to Chris. Yeah, that was a really good story. And, yeah, you can just imagine the look on Chris's face when he's <laughs> thinking that Don Maeda's behind him and it's, and it's Zach. Oh, boy, that would be funny to watch. Yeah, like, how is he catching me? What am I doing wrong? You can see him like <laughs> – pushing harder, trying to scrub a little bit more. Like, no, and it, it just Zach steadily tracking him down. I would have loved to have seen that. That's so funny. Right. Um, speaking of my YZ250, there is a set of Starcross 6s mounted by the one and only Randy Richardson, and that's thanks to Michelin Motorcycles. And not only Michelin Motorcycle Tires is involved with Pulp Mix, but Michelin Bicycle Tires is a sponsor of this very Pulp Mix wrap-up show. And in 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire. And to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to have the, ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products, including the Wild Enduro, the E-Wild, the new 20-inch BMX Pilot tires, or any of the road models. Visit bike.michelin.com. You guys got to support Randy Richardson. He is the bomb. Okay. Uh, doc, Dr. Doug Dubach. Kenny, guy's been around forever. He's a legend. Bad dude. Like I said, what do you say? I think he's like almost 60 years old, he said, or and just crushing it. Like until just a couple years ago, right, he was still pushing to win all these big races and dominating the younger guys. He is just something to look up to, like something to, to strive to be like, if you could. Yeah, for sure. He has a lot of great stories too. Yeah. And, um, I, can you imagine being on a track and thinking you're doing pretty good and having Doug Dubach just smoke you and he's like 30 years older than you? I can't imagine that because <laughs> the only time I ever went to Glen Helen a road was the, the vet worlds in 19, I think maybe 18, but I went out there I've told the story before, but I was supposed to ride on Sunday, and I, Rich Taylor was going to allow me to borrow Richard's Suzuki on Sunday. Saturday morning, he pulls into the track at like, like practice is already going on. Like, he shows up late to set up for X Brand, and he's like, Hey, man, first time I met Rich in person, he's like, Hey, you going to ride today? And I was like, No, no, I'm riding tomorrow. He's like, oh, I don't think we're going to be here tomorrow. I went, Oh, shit. So he's like, If you want to race, you better go sign up. So I haul ass and I go sign up. I get my gear on, I come over, get on this bike, and the only practice that is left is the expert practice, and I am lined up on the gate for practice with Doug Dubach, 
Jeff Potasevich <laughs> and Brownie, maybe somebody else. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I can't even figure out the track because they're passing me so many times in my one lap. It was, yeah, I can imagine what it's like there, Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> Not fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's fun to listen to. He's always a, a great interview and he's, he's got a great rapport with so many people and, and, you know, in the industry and at the track that, you know, everybody loves him and it's, and it really shows when he's talking about the people that he interacts with and, and the the kids he's working with and yeah. stuff like that. He's a good dude. You mentioned his stories. I mean, his Holly story was the best story. Where oh, man. In the time I could do my podium yeah. speech, Holly had found a chick, got in my camper, <laughs> and had the door locked. That's, uh, that's good. Man, the, Van, I, I just don't have that kind of game. How does somebody, <laughs> like, this dude, just everywhere he goes, he finds a chick. I'm on the airplane. I was, you know, hooking up with chicks. Get over. Like, I don't, how do you have that much game? Right. Only Jim Holly. Only Jim Holly. Special knows. person, dude. But uh, how about the fact, Van, like you, when you listen to Doug on Monday night or anytime he's been on before, like you hear how strong his love is for the sport, for the just riding dirt bikes. And like all these years of racing professional and, and testing product and now racing, you know, as a vet, like, and none of that has not wavered. Like he, he loves this sport so much. Yeah, he does for sure. And, uh, man, I met Doug when I was like 13 years old. First time I went to Mammoth Mountain and he was crushing it. Like, one of the vet classes and like, I'm pretty sure he still goes and races that race. Like every year it comes by. And that was, dude, that was a long time ago. And, uh, <laughs> yes, it was. yeah. And, and yeah, he's always been passionate for the sport and man, just the hours and hours and hours. is just countless of motos he's done and testing and very knowledgeable guy and very good, good guy in general. Yeah. I, I was, I, I wasn't very understanding of the no trophies in the house. I don't I don't dig that. Um, mm. Don't dig that at all. I gotta have I gotta have my space in my house for my shit. Um, but he seemed okay with it. But so that's fine for him. But I didn't like that. Like, there's no way I'm not having my San Jose trophy in the house. Like, not sorry, babe. This is <laughs> it's going in the house. It's way it is. at least at least one room for you, right? Yeah, I think. Or at least I'll give me a wall, one wall. <laughs> Uh, something though with the stories that I would like to have him do, Kenny, I would love for Steve to do an hour and a half with him on the development of the 450 from inception, from the start, the things they learned, you know, that through the whole time that he was a part of that, like, you know, things that went wrong, things that happened at races, like things that we didn't, they didn't tell us, you know, like I would love to have a, his history of the development of that, of that 450. I think that'd be really cool. I agree a hundred percent because, you know, as fans, uh, we watched it. I, I, you know, personally, I watched it slowly change from two fifties to four fifties, mm-hmm. you know, two strokes to four strokes. And, um, yeah, I would love to get inside of that and, um, you know, learn some of the technical things that happened and, and how it progressed and, um, and, um, just kind of, you know, some of the stuff that you don't, wouldn't normally hear about, um, that took place. Yeah. Uh, during that process, I, I would be super, super interested in that. I would too. I agree. Hopefully, maybe I'll, I'm gonna I'll put the bug in Steve's ear. He'll probably just like whatever, bro. He he doesn't care what I that, say. But yeah, that's a fan. That'd be a, something fantastic to put in Steve's ear. 
I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, Yamaha Yamaha Privateer Challenge Race, Denver, Colorado, day race. The race is on Friday, Van. Uh, how cool is this thing, man? I, I'm sure this is something you would like to be a part of if you were healthy. Oh, absolutely. It's it's unbelievable what Steve does for all the privateers out there. And, yeah, I was – I was, uh, that was, that was a goal this year, honestly, to be in that race. And, uh, well, I mean, it was and it wasn't. I wanted to start making mains, but, uh, right, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. You struggled this year, man. I felt bad. It's, well, I'm going to ask you about that in a second. Finish this thought first. Yeah. I mean, I, I started to figure it out right before I got hurt, but, um, I definitely, it's pretty crazy that Steve posted a few weeks ago that I was still in the top 17 or whatever. So that was, that was pretty cool. I mean, Obviously, I can't race it, but um, right. yeah, it's it's just it's crazy what he's able to do, like to the sport and to help the privateers in general. And um, sometimes he seems like an asshole, but um, <laughs> um, he actually does have a good heart and a, and a soft spot for us privateers for sure. He does. Here's another shameless, selfless plug. Um, I, I wrote a privateer profile on Steve just recently on Racer X Online. Uh, you can hear a lot of the writers' thoughts on him. I got a lot of quotes from guys like Cade, A. Ray, Adam McNabb, Cameron McAdoo, and others. Um, so go check that out because, yeah, I think a lot of people maybe don't know his softer side, and he's he's a good guy. So, yeah, go check that out. Um, before we finish this topic, though, Van, I do want to ask you what, what I said a minute ago. Like, yeah, you were struggling a lot this year, um, not riding to your potential. You talked about the fact that, you know, you weren't able to ride and train as much as you want to. You were you know, during the week, you weren't like spending full time training, right? You're, you're teaching kids. You've got other things going on. Uh, you couldn't put all the effort in that it really takes to be at your peak performance. Um, and you've already talked about that, but like, it's gotta be tough, man, to like go out with the injury. And like, like you just said, you were starting to improve, starting to figure it out. And then you have this injury and you really never got back to that potential that you know, you're capable of. Uh, is that is that tough mentally to deal with, or is it really kind of like I'm just glad I'm not <laughs> paralyzed and things are looking up? Let's you know look at the positives. Yeah, I mean it's tough to deal with on one hand, but um, what kind of keeps me that that day was going like really good. I was actually in second on the board, Minneapolis, right? That, yeah, yep. for a bit that practice um, behind Vince Freeze, so. And even when I when I got her and I was being carted off, I still finished on the board. And uh, man, I'm just kind of hanging my head on that. I know I was making progress, and um, I don't know. Whenever you're starting to feel good, sometimes that's that's kind of when it bites you. And uh, I don't know. I'm just yeah. I'm just really thankful to be walking, obviously, and um, able to still do normal life, but. Also, I I believe that I would have made a four fifty man this year, so I'm just I don't know. I went out on high is is how I'm looking at it. Okay. I, I was riding good that day, or um, I'm not too I'm not dwelling on it too bad. Good, I, good I to think hear. I would have made a four fifty man event, so I'm, yeah. In my head, I'm saying, oh, that would that would have been my day. I would have made it that day. I I made it in my head, you know. <laughs> okay, good. I, I'm glad to hear that, man. Back to the Yamaha Privateer Challenge race, uh, Kenny. Mm-hmm. Our, our boy, a Pulpamex hero, Kyle Chisholm. Uh, let's listen to what they had to say, and I'll tell you what, what his response was. Uh, don't forget, Yamaha LCQ race, Denver, Friday afternoon, 445, and Chiz is out. 
Chiz no, is out. No, he's in. He's starting backwards. We agreed upon it. He will He will actually do that, so I, you better make yeah. sure if he no, says yes. No, you said it earlier in the show. You said he's, he's in, starting backwards. He's Call him up. He's I bet you he would. Call him up. JT, why would he not? Why right. would he not? That's that's fair. He's going to start him to backwards. He's going to start second row backwards, JT. Why Versa, he? Well, versus not being able to participate? Yeah. Yeah. Kenny, Chiz, starting backwards. Is it okay? Is it fair? Do you think he'd, he'd be down? Uh, I, I think I read somewhere on social that he said he would do it if he had to. Um, I, I kind of feel like it still won't be fair for everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. He's still going to chiz. Well, all right. Here's yeah. So I texted him Monday night while that conversation was going on, and he said, laugh out, laugh out loud if that's what it takes. Uh, yeah. He said, uh, yeah, no problem. I mean, hell yeah, if that's what it takes, I'll do it. I'd rather not have to. But shit, if it's that or nothing, then I guess I have to. I'm in. My boy. I mean, I'd I'd be scared if I was the other dudes. I don't care if he starts backwards or upside down or what. You know, <laughs> Jesus is a bad dude. Man, what are your thoughts on having to start backwards at a Supercross race? <laughs> yeah, I, I think he would still. I think he would still make it happen. I don't know. It kind of depends on who the other wild cards are, too. Right. That's true. That's, sure. That's true. Um, yeah. And. I mean, I haven't looked at the points in a few weeks, but um, yeah, I think there have to be a few different wild cards. But right now, I think he could still start backwards and make it happen. Honestly, I'm uh, so upset I don't get to go to this thing. Why not? Dude? I just can't. I it's not in the budget to go to Denver. Mm, yeah, I'm I bummed. Was about it. And Steve made a uh, post today. Something exciting coming. I can't remember really how it was worded, but I, I think uh, I think they're going to have video. It sounds like just yeah, that's what I got out sure. of it. Yeah, yeah. So that'd be cool. I think it's going to be because a lot of people. It would really suck for the fans to not have video, even if it comes later. Like, obviously, it's not going to be live, but like if we got to get this video. You cannot have this race and not have proof that it happened. We, we got to have that at some point. I think he's got it figured out. Um, well, so, he mentioned that. He was gonna. He wasn't gonna have a live one, but he said he was still gonna get video. He was working you know on it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, maybe he's announcing that he's gonna have a live stream or something. Maybe, maybe a pay, like I would pay to watch that. Right? Oh hell yeah, I, I would know, too. But I, ten that bucks would, or whatever. Like, I think that would yeah. be up to Feldo allowing that. I don't know. I don't oh, know. Yeah, I don't know how that sure. works. But yeah, either way, I think we're gonna have proof of it at some point. So that's I'm excited since I won't get to go there. All right. Uh, topic change. Kenny, you listen to Pope all the time. At Anaheim, one, I missed some of practice because of my phone situation. Do you remember that conversation? I do. Do you remember what Steve said about me and my feelings towards privateers at that time? Uh, vaguely. He said uh, that Darkseid does not care about privateers because... Yeah. Yeah. All right. Check this out. You're in for this weekend. I know that. Yes, Are sir. you going to Denver? Yes, sir. Okay. Do you guys know that the venue opens at 7 a.m., Denver? I'm, I'm a morning person. I have no problem. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm dialed, too. I, I think Steve is going to have some sort of meltdown. Yes. Um, so, Atlanta, let me set the scene for you. Practice didn't start until 11 a.m., and Steve still didn't make it there. Steve was still late for practice at 11 a.m. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. That's on the delayed schedule. I think that, yeah. what, what, the, the pre-rain schedule, the pre-rain schedule, five thirty, right? Five thirty was track walk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think first practice was seven. It's dark. Listen, like man, I had why some... were you struggling? Because St. Louis, I, I you, were, you didn't struggle. 
listen, I had some issues. I had some problems. Okay. Okay. Got there a little late. Got there in time for the seated guys. Slid Take right your wife in. to a rave. Slid my right, <laughs> slid my, slid my ass right into the seat for the seated practice to begin. You know, and started working away, just like I normally do. Maybe uh, he has a side hustle we don't know about, JT. Yeah, in the Atlanta area. I have a big side hustle. Mm. Kenny, made it in time for seated practice. Hmm. Not for the privateers. Well, I guess that's something you can just throw right at him, huh? Guess he doesn't care about the privateers, Van. Guess he must not. Well, you can't really say that. God does so much for No, I definitely can't, but I can... Fuck with him. He can't right. really say that about me either. Most of the guys I have on my show are the privateers most of the time. Yeah. I saw him in the press box watching 450B practice, so he caught that one. Damn it, Van. Can you just roll with what can you just roll with it? Well, he would have came back at you with it, so I'm giving you a heads up. Man. But he missed it. Looking out for you. Yeah, we gotta let Van go. Yeah. Van's gotta go. <laughs> I'm just that loud. He's going to come back at you with it. He's trying to do it. He doesn't give a shit what I say. All right. What he does give a shit about, though, is motorsport.com because those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com is a dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you're racing the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at motorsport.com. And don't forget, a lot of people, you know, ask about uh, a discount code at Motorsport. There is not one, but if you go to pulpmex.com or I think pulpmexshow.com also has a, um, like a widget for Motorsport, low logo. You click on it, it takes you directly there. And I do believe there are some things that are like discounted. I'm not positive, but at the very least, it shows your support that you're going to motorsport because of Pulpamex. So try to use motorsport.com, but use that widget to get there. Um, all right. Caller AJ, he had a, a thought that I kind of like fan on the uh, showdowns. He said, let's have three of them. Have one A1, have one midseason, have one at Salt Lake City at the end. I like that. Yeah, that was a good idea. I think everyone in Sierra kind of was like, oh, that does sound good too. I think... CV really mentioned something about it too. Um, Cause if the 250 class is a, a feeder class, I mean, we should see the best of the best race together more often. And uh, yeah. it was a good idea for sure. Yeah. I like it. You know, obviously Kenny, he brought the thing up. All the teams were like, well, so-and-so is not ready or so-and-so is hurt. He's going East coast, you know, but you know what? The 450 guys got to be ready. So sorry about you. I mean, if you're not ready, then you don't get to race the first shootout or showdown. So, sorry. But I, I think that's a great idea for fans. I think it's a great idea for those guys to have more than just the two races at the end of the season against each other. Um, so, spotted. Good job for AJ. Yeah, it, it makes sense, doesn't it? To it me? makes sense to have them, you know, have everybody east and west get it on, you know, the beginning of the season, the middle of the season, and at the end of the season. So I, I like that idea. So good on AJ. Yeah, man. Sometimes the callers come through. I, I dug that one. Uh, okay, a few more hot topics here to talk about before we wrap this thing up. Outdoors is not that far away, Van, and there's lots of rumors going around. If if Hurling comes out for the Nationals, yeah, which he has yet to ride to really know if he's healthy or not, but if he, if he comes out for the Nationals... Are you going to all twelve, Paul? And will you will you put eighty four on your chest? No, <laughs> I, I definitely won't go to 
all 12, but man, see, so the, the opportunity that this could happen had me rethinking our talk about premiere series and stuff. Remember when we got into that argument yep. about premiere mm -hmm. and, and now I kind of do agree with you more that like if, oh. because last year we'll the MXGPs had, had Caroli, Fevra, Hurlings, right. and now they don't. And it's different, right? When you watch it, but say Caroli and Hurlings come here with all our guys healthy, like that to me is, is now that's premiere. He's the best guy in the world <laughs> for sure. He's the best guy. If he comes I, to our series, I, he wins. I no. do not. Oh. Yep. He wins. Uh -oh. Look at Yeah. Uh, How much? You, wait, when's the first round? How much time? Stop. Yeah. I, a million I, percent, Chris. A no. million percent. Stop Yes. It. With a serious foot injury, crashing last does, year. When's, when's the first he, race? The guy's he's been hurt. How much time do we have? You How much is the first race? A month and a half. Yeah. Oh, well, it's getting close. <laughs> so, no, I'll back down that percentage. Okay. But, J but if, he, if, he, oh. if we know that he is racing a month before the opener, yeah, he's your national champion. Oh, JT, a million percent. Are you there with Paul? Not a million percent. <laughs> no. No, Tomac looks way too confident, way too comfortable to say a million percent. Yes. Injury, new bike, production bike here, not his bike over there, different tracks, all the tracks, not just I'll one. I'll give you injury. I got Hurling's ninth to 12th. Man, this is complete bench racing, which is part of what Pulp Mix is. Mm -hmm. This is a good topic, man, like. Okay, I'm out on the million percent, but I do kind of like the best guy in the world, man. He's if he's not the best guy in the world, he's in two. Uh, so, you know, and again, not having a production bike, I, I think he came over a couple years ago and showed that he didn't have to have a production bike to be that damn good. Mm -hmm. I know that I need to increase my budget for going to outdoor races if this happens, which I feel like it's pretty high percentage it does. Where do you stand on Hurlings? Oh, he's a bad dude without a doubt. <laughs> um, it, uh, yeah, because that was that Iron Man that Aaron came over. Gosh, that was unreal. Yeah. Um, so, but I do feel like Tomac has found another level, and that Blue Crew is sick, honestly. And uh, um, he seems to be going with the Ann Ferrandis last year, really stepped it up in outdoor. So if he's healthy, he's going to be good again. So, can't sleep on him, so I think I think those three would battle for a championship. I think it would be. I don't think Jeffrey would just blow everyone out now that Eli stepped it up and Francis has been in animal outdoors lately. So I think it would be it would be very entertaining, and I'd have to go to a lot more, just like you're saying. Too. <laughs> yeah. Do you agree with Paul that it would like there would be no question that the U.S. series at this year would be the premier series with having Hurlings here and Cairoli positive oh, too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Kenny, uh, are you a million percent on Hurlings wins or uh, maybe more like JT and not quite a million percent? I'm not going to say a million percent, but uh, like Van, I was there uh, when uh, Hurlings waxed everybody. And uh, I was probably 30 yards from Tomac when he crashed and, I could have swore I heard him hollering cuss words in his helmet when he's picking his bike up. Probably. But uh and then he backed it down a notch and won like won his first title that day. Yeah. Um but yeah, it would be super interesting to see uh Cairoli and uh Hurlings come over here because look, watching Hurlings is it's an amazing thing, you know, especially live. Um yeah, I, w I would love to see that. I'm not at a million percent, but yeah. 
I mean, when I got to the track that day, he it was right after I think first or second practice, and he was two seconds faster than everybody. Right. Yeah, I now, saw. Now, him. I was at Redbud, and so I got to watch him there. And yeah, he's he's something else. Yeah. Granted, he was you know he had been not injured and and was was riding a lot more if if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um. He's coming off injury now. It might take him a few minutes to get wound up, but yeah, I, I would be worried if I was everybody else if he comes here. Well, among all the great topics we've talked about tonight, I have to get your thoughts. Uh, Kenny first, quick straps for goggles. Are they for dorks? I'm out. I, I'm <laughs> I, okay. I have probably, I have probably 10 different pair of goggles and none of them have quick straps on them. And, uh, or any of the next brand. I don't have any X brand. I've been meaning to uh, text you about that, and uh, I keep forgetting. Yeah, we need to figure that out. Uh, okay, so no, yes, no, no quick straps for you, Van. Do you even remember quick straps? No, I, I, I don't know what they're talking about. Okay, so quick straps were instead of a ga- uh, strap that went all the way around your helmet, they had these real short straps on the sides that were maybe I don't know four or five inches, and they would stretch out, and you would have like a Velcro, they would mount to the side of your helmet on one side, and then they had like a clip on the other side. So they only went to about the back of your chin guard part of your helmet, the straps, and you could just kind of real quick grab them, unstrap them. They'd still be hanging there on your goggle. And okay. I, I, I don't yeah, know if my description's that good. Yeah, they're, they're dorky. No, no, I know what you're talking about. I've seen, yeah, I've seen them. I, um, yeah, and yeah, I'm totally out on that. Okay, I did admit in a group text, and I will admit it on here because anybody should know that I'm not afraid of stepping on my own uh, ego. I my very first helmet you had them, didn't I, well, you? Yes, you my, had them. I had a set because the first helmet I ever got custom painted, I was like, I can't cover this with a goggle strap, so I ordered some, and I put them on. And they were terrible. Like I did, I never, I, I, I swear I never rode with them, but I was considering it. They were on the helmet and it just never went anywhere. So I am very glad right now that I never went and rode with them. Cause I'm sure one of my buddies would have probably, pro- there'd probably be a picture floating around and somehow that would end up on Pulpamex. So, yeah, definitely. Quick, quick straps. I, hey, yeah, go ahead. I did. Uh, I ran the, uh, the tag on the back of the goggles when I was like, eight years old though i definitely did that that must have been in a time frame when i like there was about a six-year period from 95 to like 2001 where i was not involved with the sport after i got hurt and i was first got married had no money and i was pissed that i couldn't afford a bike and i quit paying attention that had to be in that time frame because i don't remember this shit at all it's the second time Mm -hmm. i've heard it brought up Dude, it was sick. It was just like a big flex. Like you had brand new goggles. You were you were just you you know you, you had brand new goggles. No one else had brand new goggles. You leave a tag on. Fuck. Is this like <laughs> is this like when you go buy a new a new like ball cap and you leave a sticker on the bill? Yeah. Stupid. Yeah, kinda. So stupid. <laughs> I'm out on that one yeah. too. Dorks. <laughs> Fucking the youth of America. All right. All right, all right, let's just listen to this, and we're going to talk about this shit next. I got one more. We're in St. Louis. I pull up to the hotel. They only have valet. Yep. And oh, I go, here we go. And I go, Chris, do you have any money for the valet? He's like, yeah, because I just didn't have any money at that point. Yeah, I was yeah. going to get cash. cash. Yeah. He gives the valet guy some money. We go in, whatever. Thank you, Chris. He covered it for me. Great. Right. We come back out. I get the car. 
I get the valet. Now I have cash. Yep. I give the guy two bucks. Yep. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Gives me the keys. Now this is, you know, we're coming and going. Yep. He's like, two bucks. Slap in the face. Two bucks. I go, yeah. I, 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 how much you tip? He gave him 20 bucks. What? <laughs> Kenny Paul's response was so good. <laughs> okay. Who knew there were so many damn rules to freaking tipping? I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. So when I'm on vacation, the only time I ever use valet is when I'm on vacation. When I'm on vacation, I'm usually drunk. When I'm drunk, I'm usually real generous. Okay. So I'll be throwing 20 at him. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I never have 20. I never have cash. So, uh, Van, uh, valet parking and a $20 tip. Yeah, that was – they had me starting to really think about myself. There yeah, for me too. They were like, wait, how much you give them? How much you give them? And I was like, wait. And then do you tip before and after? And I was like, man, Anaheim won. I was just with my buddy that was valet. And I think we just tipped him afterwards. And it was like 10 bucks, I think. But yeah. even I was like, oh, I would have gave him like a five. But um, yeah, but Paul's reaction was so priceless. <laughs> Yeah. What? <laughs> and he, he said something at the end when they were like, well, you know, these guys don't, you know, they don't make a lot of money or I, I can't remember what, I think Kiefer said something and, and Paul's like, well, I work for my I money work too. I work for my money too. And it made me think, have, have either of you guys seen uh, Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs? Oh yeah. Mm-mm. There's a great discussion about tipping waitresses in that. Like it's just all the characters are sitting around a table at a restaurant and there's this discussion of tipping tipping uh waitresses and we're like i don't tip them like it's not my fault they don't you know they don't have a job where they can get paid more it's not my problem and it, it's it, this paul's reaction made me think of reservoir dogs if you guys haven't seen reservoir dogs go check it out um twenty dollars is a lot to tip guys so like for me that's mm-hmm. that's Kiefer's rolling high man this, you know he said that's all he had but i'd be like uh can you break this dude <laughs> like if you can't break it if you can't break it you ain't getting much of a tip buddy uh all right a couple more things i didn't even touch on i'm not touching on the 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 original race tech ran i think that was like glenn helen i didn't even write it down but the second one which this one makes me laugh every time is steve was mad that people immediately after he tells people to send in their contest entry forms or whatever to contest at pulpmexshow.com. They instantly send it to the wrong email, Disability Island, and he just blew them out like, wrong email. I'm not even going to respond. I'm just going to delete it. Like, I like that. That was a that was a good rant. We don't have to even really discuss it. It didn't get even a very long rant, but it was it was funny. Pulp 22 to save at Racetech. Speaking of Racetech, you guys might get a kick out of this. I recorded my new Racetech commercial for my show and I sent it to Checkers at Race Tech, and he said, send that to Steve. I'll make him use it. And I was like, he's not going to use this commercial. And he goes, well, yeah, he goes, because I, he said, I need to, I'm supposed to record a new one, and I don't feel like doing it, so I'm going to tell him to use yours. I said, okay, I'll, uh, I'll re-record the end where I put our discount code. And he goes, nope, send it with yours. <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> all right. He goes, yeah, we'll see if he catches it. He did catch it, by the way. He emailed Checkers back. It was the wrong code. I was so excited to actually listen to the commercials Monday night, hoping it would be on there with the Moto X Pod show discount code. Uh, he caught it though. Go figure. Oh, that would have been so good. That sucks. Oh, that been great. All right. Uh, wife swap, Kenny. When is this going to happen, man? Is is wife swap going to happen? And it will will it be 
as ex- exciting for us as listeners as I feel like it will be. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty fun, uh, funny. Um, it'll be super interesting. Um, I don't think it'll last more than two days. Yeah, so they lead completely different lives, right? Yeah, I think Steve um, is out. I, I right. So I think Kiefer's going to do really well. Yep, I agree. But I don't think Steve's going to do so well. Yeah, you know, and uh, uh, Chris kind of alluded to like we. I have to find a week where I'm not super busy because all the testing stuff he does, like he can't have Steve go attempt to do that, and not that Steve can't no. ride, but he doesn't. Right have what Chris has as far as testing and it is his job. He has to do it right. So I, I, I get that, but I definitely think that Steve's going to struggle. And I think at some point, if, <laughs> if it lasts a week, Van Heather may kill Steve. <laughs> yeah. Pookie I think, may not I want think... Chris to leave, but Heather may yeah. kill Steve. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to make it happen. It's going to be great entertainment and, I, I don't see them quitting. I don't. Okay. Okay. I think uh, I think because Kiefer, he's one to I don't know. He just I think like Steve say Steve wants to quit, but Kiefer's gonna be like, dude, we gotta do it. Just four more days. Like you got it. Like he's gonna like. Yeah, I, I just <laughs> oh, I, I can wait. see Kiefer just like talking Steve into toughing through it, basically. Well, whatever. They, they need to... Very persuasive. Yeah, they need to have, like, vlog life going on for that, too. There better be cameras Definitely. running the entire time. Steve says, as soon as I get there, taking your family for vaccinations. Uh, Chris says he's sleeping with Pookie. Not not sex-wise, physical. Just sleeping next to her. And Paul Parabino says, ask for anal. Might as well try it. Get what you can. <laughs> Uh, out of line. I was out of line. Uh, yeah, it was a little. It was a little bit, but it <laughs> it made the drops. So I, I pulled that for a drop. It was great. Sinjin was, was back. That was cool. Good hearing from Sinjin. Um, don't forget there is a poll up at the Pulp and Mix Show Twitter page at Pulp and Mix Show on Pulp's favorite writers. You can go vote a uh, bracket style for that. They said they're going to do one for co-hosts. That, that ought to be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, last thing is Kiefer After Dark, Grill Your Ass Off. I want to give a shout-out to Jason at Grill Your Ass Off. Not yes. only is he making apparently a chiz white queso, but he paid for my flights, I think Steve mentioned that, to California in a few weeks. And he is also, uh, yeah, he's also a sponsor of another podcast now other than Pulp Max. But thank you, Jason, for being uh, so for support. Sponsor mine. Oh, is he? Oh, nice. Good. So there yeah, you go. But Jason's been, he's been behind me since like way before he even was in the Pulp Max stuff. Oh, awesome. I did yeah, not he's know from that. Houston. Yeah, I've known yeah, Jason I since Houston. I was like yeah. really, really young. Like we've been friends for a long, long time. Well, so there you guys have it. If you haven't supported Grill Your Ass Off yet, go to grillyourassoff.com. He is a Texas-based, vet-based company. He's a veteran and uh, supporter of, of motocross, you know, sponsoring guys like Van and uh, Vin Murphy. He helped him out last year. Uh, so, yeah, go use those promo codes. I don't know Steve's promo code to go your ass off. I don't remember what it is. It's probably on the website. So use mine. Yeah, yeah, I have one too, but I'm not going to do that right now. So, uh, I mean, if you want mine, you can certainly email me. But, uh, but either way, go support Grow Your Ass Off. Enjoyed Kiefer After Dark as always. We're not going to get into it too much. I 
The only thing I want to touch on with that was the guy that wanted his chick to flash other people. I dig this dude. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm kind of on board, Kenny. Like, I don't know if I should get too much into my personal set shit, but uh, my ex, my ex would have probably done it. My current chick would not. I kind of dig this dude. Like, I think that if the chick does it, that's pretty, I think it's pretty badass, Kenny. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool. If you're not with her, I don't think I want my girl flashing everybody. Okay. All right. That's fair. You're, you're not that's, down with that. All right. I don't I mean, I'm not, she can flash me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm okay with it, honestly. Like, uh, it wouldn't bother me. Like, as long as I trust her, you know what I'm saying? Um, as long yeah. as she's not a sketchy chick. Like, I think it's kind of cool to. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but it, it's fair that you don't feel that way. What about you, Van? I mean, if you know, if Miranda was like, "I'm gonna flash," <laughs> I'm gonna we're gonna drive down the road. And I'm gonna flash the guys next to us. Would you be cool? I'd be cool with it. I think I think it'd be funny. So I would do but, it to you. Um, she would not be cool, right? Yeah, I don't I don't no. picture her being that type of. <laughs> Do do that, but yeah, it would be cool. Like, I I am the kind of guy that like I I dig if when other dudes think my chick's hot. Like, I I think it's kind of cool. Like, yeah, my chick's hot. Damn, it. it's a whole lot better than yeah. thinking she's ugly. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, great key, great key for after dark. Great show, Van. Anything that I forgot? To, oh, one more one more quick topic. How do you top show five hundred? That got brought up. They mentioned James Stewart. I said last week, and I stand by it, 500 cannot be topped. Van? No. There, there's no way. Okay. Uh, uh, maybe Stu. I guess maybe Stu. Nah, it's not going to top it, uh, Nothing yeah, against Stu. Still, yeah, he has his yeah. own podcast. It, it's not going to top 500. Uh, that's all I'm going to yeah, say. Yeah, there's no way. No. I mean, his interview a few months ago was fantastic. Yeah. But I don't think... Okay. J- James Stewart and Chad Reed maybe it gets close, okay? Because they did not like each other. They seem pretty cool now. They could really get into breaking down particular moments where they tried to kill each other, how they felt before, how they felt after. Like, "Eh, it'd be close, Kenny. I still don't think it's better than 500. I'd like to be proven wrong. Well, I I agree with you 100%. If you get you know, Reedy and Stu in there, it'll be really, really good and maybe come close, but you're just, you're never going to beat the goat and the king, period, as far as I'm concerned. All right, then we're locking it in. As I said last week, 500 is the bar and it will not be surpassed. It is the, it is Jeremy McGrath, Supercross wins, never to be surpassed. It's just something we got to look back on with fondness, but continue to enjoy what we have currently. That's, that's where it's at. Okay. Agreed. Before we go, Kenny, is there anything that happened Monday night that I didn't cover that you wanted to talk about? Um, not, not, not too much. No, uh, I think we pretty much got it all. Um, I was listening at work, so I was a little bit busy while I was listening. Fair. So I might have missed a few things here and there, but um, I'm pretty sure uh, we got it all. Okay, uh, Dan, anything that I missed? What uh, what? There was one caller that was on hold for like. Almost three hours, and then he oh, like yeah. no whole shot devices, some... no whole shot oh, devices yeah. at the Yamaha Privateer Challenge. That yeah. was like two what? hours. I had that in my notes, but I didn't transfer it to my final notes. I don't remember how long he was on hold. Uh, I'm looking for it right now, but yeah, that and they they gave him a lot of shit for that, which I guess that's yeah. Fair. But why not do it? Like Steve always rants about it. Like 
And Kiefer was like, dude, I can walk across and like make sure no one has it set. Yeah, like, he's like, oh, they're going to do it anyway. That's what Steve kept saying. Well, yeah, yeah no, you can't use it. I didn't think you had to shut it down so quick like that. I thought it was kind of like, huh. It got me thinking, like, why not do it? You're running the race. Like, you don't, you don't like them. Just take them away. Yeah, it wasn't like, yeah, it was not a terrible idea. Here it is, two hours and forty nine minutes. No start hooks. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I was a little surprised that he was like not at on board at all. Like, nope, can't yeah. be done. What do you mean it can't be done? Like, like you, you give the AMA shit about they can't fix their tough blocks, all these ideas, and then somebody gives you a good idea, and you're like, nah, it can't be done. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it would be a great thing to have them not use their whole shot device. Yeah. I, I'm actually making I, I would a, love that. I'm making a mental note or a, a written note right now that I'm going to use that as, you know, when he puts a show description up, I'm going to use that as the one of the parts of the show description. Uh, that that has to be in there. So yeah, no start hooks. I, good, good, uh, good pull, Van. Yeah, because I did. Right? I'm not gonna lie; it'd yeah. be hard to do on the great, but like, I mean, I could do it. I mean, all the, all those dudes can do it. Well, you, you just know what? If you can't, you stall it. Fuck, too bad. Yeah, I, I think every dude wouldn't have a problem with it. I just I think Chiz has yeah, to start I mean, backwards with no start hooks. So suck it, boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I want to thank Motorsport.com, Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, and Seal Savers for sponsoring the Pulp Mix Wrap-Up Show. And I also want to thank all the other sponsors that support Pulp Mix, including Fly Racing, X-Brand, Grill Your Ass Off, uh, Michelin Motorcycle Tires, Racetech, all the others I'm not naming. Guys, go to PulpMixShow.com. Click on that Sponsor Deals tab. Click on the links. Use the codes. Buy shit. Buy stuff that you need for your motorcycle with sponsors that support Pulp Mex, Renthal, et cetera. Uh, yeah, because those things, yeah, again, what Steve does costs a lot of money, man, all these travels, putting all these shows out, getting all this content, and the sponsors got to keep paying him, and they're only going to do that if they see support from the listeners, which you guys kill it. I mean, I think he, uh, he moves the needle quite a bit, but use them. And questions, comments, concerns, uh, criticisms for this wrap-up show, hit me up, darkside at pulpmex.com. Uh, one of these days, I would love to get somebody with a shitty email about how they feel about this wrap-up show, which probably isn't going to happen because if you really hate it, you're probably not listening, right? But I'd read it, so hit me up. Other than that, guys, that's a wrap. We're out. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show? Tell me.